in Ankeny. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Miller with you for the next hour. Uh, coming up momentarily, you hear the music. That means Bama Bob is set to join us in about a half an hour or thereabouts. Michael Swain covers Iowa State for 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. We will uh, do a little more on Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and look ahead to West Virginia. Trent, during the break, you looked at where the early money is going on both of the mm-hmm. two local schools, Iowa and Iowa State. What would you find? Uh, so let's start with Iowa, the 11 a.m. kickoff on the road at Wisconsin. Iowa currently getting 88% of the money and 86% of the tickets are on the Hawkeyes. So early money certainly on the Hawks in that one. Iowa State at West Virginia, 84% of the money on the Cyclones, 66% of the tickets. And so normally, some bigger bets. Yes. What you'd anticipate here is these are, you know, average Joe like me. I'm not making many bets the early in the week. The right. Now. Those yep. are the ones. Yep. So if it maintains, yeah, everybody's jumping aboard. A different way to look at it, though, because we usually talk about these late in the week. I just want to take a peek early and see you where did. it is. I'm glad you did. It's it's funny. Vegas is going away from calling them the pros. I mean, remember Jason Symbol used to join us all mm-hmm. the time, and he was the first one that I heard use the respected opinions. <laughs> yes, yeah, the respected betters. Well, after last week, my opinion not respected. So one is, in four. Oh my god, woof! It's been a struggle. I need to get out of Brocktober. Brocktober has not been kind to me. Let's get to Bama Bob. He joins us as we go around college football, recapping the weekend. We do this every Monday at this time. On Friday at this time, we preview what we think we will see. Bama, we thought we were good to talk to you, as always. We thought we were going to see a ho-hum early window. My God, putrid schedule. <laughs> Bama, couldn't have been more entertaining. What, an, what a, uh, a jolt to start our college football Saturday with the 11 o'clock central window. It, it really was, Ken, and the one that just stunned me was Oklahoma and Kansas. I mean, there were there were a lot of them, like you mentioned, that you're looking at, and you know, Cincinnati struggling with Navy, and you know that that might hurt them come you know down the line. I don't I don't know. It, a lot of things have to play out, but the one that, that early that I just I couldn't wrap my head around. I kept you know. I, I took the wrong side. I took Trent's, hey, let's, you know, kind of the reverse Alabama annuity. Hey, Kansas will get blown out in the first half. That didn't happen. Um, I made it back up uh, because uh, in the second half, thankfully, but to, to get a push. But Oklahoma's got some real issues, I think. And, um, yeah, but you're right. That early window, we're, we, we kind of thought, eh, you know, just kind of have it on in the background, pay attention, flip around, and, <laughs> There were a couple games that you really had to pay attention to because uh, Illinois-Penn State, that game that just wouldn't end. um, And we can talk about that in a bit if you want to on the the overtime rules and how that's supposed to help. But um, fun stuff. I mean, really, really good stuff early, and uh, which was nice because the games themselves on paper didn't look compelling, but they sure turned out to be. Boys, I'm going to piss both of you off. Let's no, start no, in the no, ACC. No, 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 no. We got all our I'm listeners all that start ACC, here. Kenny. People on an early lunch break, they I want to know. get into it. You're going to start with the ACC? I, and, and I even wrote this down, Trent. I wanted to ask both. I, look, I, wait, if we get Wake Forest and Pitt, I'm in, although it's right up against the Big Ten yeah. on Championship Saturday. 
Um, but it'd be just it's going to be nice to see some somebody other than the name Clemson. Let's start in the ACC, fellas. Wake Forest. Army, my gosh, 126 points scored in that game. Trent, your takeaway, other than you don't care and you didn't watch the ACC, would be what? Well, I watched that one. I had that one. That was part of the rotation. That was one of my sneaky good games for the weekend. How about this? There was a score on every possession. There was? The one possession has to be, right? There wasn't a score. was a pick six. So there was, of course, a score on that possession. 70 points for Wake Forest. They did it. Possessing the football for 16 minutes and 27 seconds. That's wild. Just one of the most asinine games of all time. I loved it. Had loved the every ball, second. 16 of it. minutes, Bama scored. Now, I didn't realize that and scored 70 points. That's wild. Your takeaway, Bama, on the ACC yeah, we, this week. He did. He just stole my my stat of the week no. because I I read that too, which is fine. That's that's fine. I mean, but I'm like, oh my god, ten possessions, sixteen <laughs> minutes, and you score seventy points. Wow. Unbelievable. But um, t- listen, we talked about hey, it's going to be great if somebody other than Clemson's in that game. Clemson's not in that game, nope. guys. I mean, nope. they're they're finished. Yep. And I think it's it's bad for the conference not to be on the national scene, but it is good to see some new blood in there. And I'm with you. Give me Pitt and Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'll watch it. It'll be entertaining. Uh, we talked about Clemson all week. I just thought they were a – and I thought going in, they're an average football team. Could they win the game? Yeah. Would, would you know? But, but clearly to me, they are – I mean, and, and DJ got pulled. I mean, mm-hmm. Dabo pulled a starting quarterback, and he needed to because – uh, you know, he knew it was on the line in that game. You know, Pickett played okay, not great, but not bad. But that that team is – they are a middle-of-the-pack ACC team this year. I don't know if they'll be back. Uh, you will have to see how these whole rebuilds go. Can they sustain what they've had the last five or six years? But, um, you know, clearly the whole, hey, we're an underdog mo- motivation, they're not good enough to overcome that because I'm positive that's what Dabo used, hmm. and it didn't work. But – uh, other than that, Ken, your sneaky good game turned out to be sneaky good, Miami yeah. and NC State. And, again, it's just, you know, who's who's the best team in that conference? I, I really don't know. But uh, Wake Forest and NC State got a game, I believe, coming up pretty soon that's going to be for the Atlantic. And, uh, you know, look, Pitt's got a two-game lead in the Coastal. So I think Pitt's in. And now it's just going to be, is it going to be Wake Forest? Is it going to be NC State? And good for the conference to get a little bit of new blood in there. Now brace yourself, fellas. That'll be on our Friday look ahead whenever we get to that game. Uh, let's go to the Big 12. Trent and I have talked about uh, Iowa mm-hmm. State and Oklahoma State. We'll get more into that at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we'll start, well, let's start with you, Trent, on what's left of the Big 12 and before we get to Bama and get his take on what happened to Ames, et cetera. Uh, what else from the Big 12 this weekend? You know, Kansas State getting that win was so important. Big we had, for them. Yeah, we talked about the long losing streak and just kind of getting over that hump. Trent, it was, it was pretty... 14 nothing five minutes into the game. Yeah, and they Texas just kept chugging along. It, it was a workmanlike climbing Kansas State yeah. type of victory. It was kind of everything that you'd anticipated be out of them. They needed it. That mm-hmm. was a big one for them. Bama, uh, give us your uh, thoughts on Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and if you have anything else in the Big 12 this week. Yeah, big win for Iowa State, guys. And, and I thought they would be – listen, I thought this was a toss-up game. Um, I didn't understand the spread, and Oklahoma – Obviously, was within that seven, but big, big win for uh, for Campbell and his program. Purdy was, I thought, maybe his best game that I've yeah, seen him play. He was clean. I mean, you know, six incompletions on 33 attempts, 307 yards, two touchdowns. 
they held Warren in check, and that's what you had to do. And we talked about it Friday. If you, if you could, you know, 18 carries for 76 yards and no score. If you can hold that guy in check, Spencer Sanders can't beat you, and he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Although he uh, played pretty just, well, I thought, Bama. He wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll put it that way. But, again, if you're, if you're the number eight team and you've really got your destiny in your own hands, you got to find a way to win a game. You can't just not lose a game. And he, he couldn't find a way to win it. And that, that to me, I think is kind of what separates him from, you know, maybe a Matt Corral or a Bryce Young or, you know, some of these other top quarterbacks. At some point in the season, you're going to have to win a game for your team if you want to, if you want to be a, a conference champion and if you want to be a playoff contender. And he couldn't do it, but. A lot of that credit goes to Iowa State. So Hutchinson was fantastic mm-hmm. in that game, and they did what they needed to do, especially coming out of a bye. And we talked about it Friday. Their entire schedule is still in front of them. They have everybody that they need to beat is on their schedule, um, save for Baylor. So that's Baylor's a little bit of a an X factor in there for them because that that loss could come back to bite them. But um, you know what's happened to TCU to me is kind of surprising. Um, they're sitting there at one and three, um, a home loss to, you know, what's a, just a blah, uh, you know, West Virginia team. And again, I go back to Oklahoma. I, something's wrong there, and they are just they're playing with fire. And they they better figure it out because they got a couple of games on their schedule. If they come out and play like they did in the first half, and I give Kansas some credit. Kansas played hard, okay, but they're just not very talented at really anywhere other than they got a, a nice safety and a decent running back. But other than that, they're they're just not Big 12 talented, certainly not upper echelon Big 12. And they just they played hard on defense. They played harder than Oklahoma. Oklahoma squeaked by, but they better get that fixed because this is about three or four games now where they just kind of, you know, slogged around, you know, start week one with Tulane. And, you know, they, they were on the ropes there. They got away with it. They, they keep getting away with it. But sooner or later, Iowa State and Oklahoma State and Baylor to finish the season, they better get it figured out. Or I'm they're almost at a point where they can't lose a game and get in, I think. Um, I think that's where the Big 12 is right now. So if they want to be in the playoff, they better get it figured out. All right, just real quick, and then we'll move on to the Big 10. Here's Baylor's rest of their schedule trying to, you know, right now they're, they're one of the logjam at 3-1. and one. Texas this week is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game is yeah. uh, in Waco. They go to, C- to TCU. Oklahoma has to go there. Then they finish up at K-State, Texas Tech. So, obviously, just like Iowa State, Texas and Oklahoma loom. And the rest should be they'll be favored against TCU, K-State, and Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. So, it's, it's a, I- far from a foregone conclusion for the clones. No, it is. I just I don't know that Baylor is good enough to run that. I, I I'm with you. Schedule. I'm with you. But I don't know. Oh, maybe they are, and I don't know that Iowa State is going to you know finish out with it. Listen, this game. I always say it. These, these trips to West Virginia are just hard. They're mm-hmm. just weird. It's it's you know there's no rivalry there. You're not going to have a lot of fans go. I don't think. Maybe they'll travel well to. Yeah, no, they're saving somebody it easier. Will. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's ESPN Plus, so there's just no buzz around this mm-hmm. game, and that's that's a hard one if you're Iowa State. They get through that, and then you get Texas at home. Lubbock is another place that's no fun to go to. So I don't know that Iowa State can finish out either. I'm just saying that I think 
you know, we, we could get a real log jam in the Big 12. And I, I think Oklahoma, again, if they don't straighten something out, they're going to they're gonna have a loss. And then who knows how these tiebreakers are going to work out. But uh, Baylor's – I'm not sure Baylor's good enough to run that table. If they do, they'll probably be in the championship game. Well, I'll say this. Uh, Iowa State's quarterback's playing as well as any quarterback in the country right now. I, I firmly yep. believe that. Watching him this last two weeks, Brock Purdy playing as well as, as any – and there's some good ones, uh, any QB in the country. And they got a QB, Bama. Got a chance. You got a chance. Let's move on. To the Big Ten we go. Uh, Trent, we will start with you in the Big Ten. Now you want, I'm going to throw the stat out again because it's just mind-numbing to me. Illinois rushed for 357 yards against Penn State. Yeah. And this wasn't the overtime that padded those stats. This was 357, and they've got some big running backs. But, man, that surprised me. And uh, I'd love to see when they went out there in the formation quarterback a running back and nine guys tied on the line it was yeah. an all-time favorite yeah. I just that is Bielema football <laughs> right. and playing it to a T takeaway there Illinois they're going to be a problem in the future and him calling out his team mm-hmm. that absolutely worked motivational ploy yes but it worked as they came out and played really well but more than anything Wisconsin is figuring it out and they're figuring it out by saying Graham Mertz we're not gonna let you throw the football <laughs> right. they have the Malusi kid, who's okay from Clemson, uh-huh. but their big four-star running back. This was a top 100 freshman, player nationally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan, Ohio yeah, State, yeah, Notre yeah, Dame yeah, were yeah. all involved, but he stayed home. Yep. And Allen, he's big. He's physical. Yep. He is. Oh, he is. The Ron Dane, the John Clay. He the looks like big Wisconsin running back. running back. They got a dude now. Yeah. And that offensive line is getting better. Smash mouth, mouth football the rest of the way for the Badgers. Uh, your takeaway in the Big Ten, Bama? Yeah, the the Illinois Penn State game to me, and Kenny, I'll give you like you said, you, you mentioned the the running stats. I'll give you the one that just boggles my mind. They threw for thirty eight yards. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. That's the to- sum total of passing yards for Illinois, and they come out with an overtime win in Happy Valley. Yeah. I just that is one of the most incredible games or stats to me in this modern day of college football that you can do that. Um, listen, these overtime rules. I, I get why you put it in, and if you want to, it, it's almost like a home run derby or a free throw, mm-hmm. three point shooting contest. Mm-hmm. A little bit, I get it. If if this is the way you want to do it, and listen, if you think about it, you only had to defend after the first two. You only had to defend what nine plays mm-hmm. or seven plays, seven, I guess, yeah. because there were seven where you know, and right. there were three out of fourteen, by the way, combined on two point conversions. How about that? But. Let's, can we just not change the end of the field? I, we, we couldn't agree with play you more. On one end of the field, okay? I mean, yeah, go it, away from the look, students. Go to the other end because it's unfair to have to play in front of the students the whole time. Absolutely, but it oh, just took too long. It is too long. I mean, and at, at one point, does it really matter if you play defense first or not? Because you've got to no. score. There's only one play. You don't. It's no okay. Well, we need a touchdown or we need a field goal. No, we either no. We got it. We got one play to score, and that's either going to be to win the game or to extend the game. So, I mean, the the whole let's let's decide who wants to play defense and who into the field. I mean, just we've got to get let's get rid of that, and then I'm I'm okay with if you just want to run two point plays because let's face it, at some point you're going to have some competent team that can score from two. But uh, I thought it was a little bit compelling just for the uniqueness of it, but. Um, outside of that, I agree on Wisconsin, and I'm telling you right now, Ohio State's rolling. That game enough. was not competitive, and Stroud is might. We talked about it early on after the Oregon loss. They had a few sort of get right games, if you want to call them that, and they're getting right. And boy, they 
they look they look as good offensively right now. Like, granted, against you know lower level competition, wounded teams, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know Tulsa, Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana. I think they're going to roll Penn State this week because I just don't think Penn State can hang on offense. Nope. They go to Lincoln. Eh, that could be you know a little tricky, and then they finish uh, with with Michigan, Michigan State. So they they've got tougher games on their schedule, but they might be figuring something out. Michigan, I give them credit for where they are. They're beating who they are supposed to beat. They're beating them in a method that they're supposed to beat them. They're not close. But, again, their schedule starts this week when they go to Michigan State. And I love this game. Man. So do I. I. Just, I think one of these – it's one of these weird – in-state rivalries, it's not played at the end of the year when you're in the same conference, and there's not that many of them when you share a conference and you're, all, you're the two teams in the state and you don't play at the end of the year, and this is one of them. So I am all over the game in East Lansing this week, and I can't wait for that one. And I hope it's snowing. I don't think it will, but I hope it is. All right, uh, let's move on. I couldn't agree with you more on Ohio State. Legit. Pac-12, yeah. Trent. That Oregon-UCLA game was weird. It's like yes. nobody wanted to win. Right. If and DTR then, doesn't get hurt, well, that's exactly right. Yeah, and I, give the freshman credit for for coming in and playing the way he did. Anthony Brown threw one of the worst interceptions you ever see. It just it was a weird, funky game. Each team could move the ball like between the twenties, and then they uh-huh. do something stupid when they got inside of it. Just can you trust Oregon? No, absolutely not. You look at the remaining yeah. schedule. Yeah, they should win everything up until the Civil War, which will be a good game. But mm-hmm. it's Oregon. They'll play up to their competition, they'll play down, and they'll probably lose a stupid game they shouldn't. And the Beavers, I mean, I thought Utah's coming off that win from the week before over Arizona State, UCLA looming. I didn't see a letdown, and I don't think it was. I think the Beavers just flat out mm-hmm. beat them. Uh, give me one minute, Bama, on the Pac-12. Yeah, I'm with you on Oregon State. To me, that's the story. And uh, I watched a decent amount of this, and I'll tell you, this wasn't a fluke, Ken. This wasn't a letdown. This wasn't a you know look ahead, look behind, hangover, whatever. They Oregon State has some dudes on there to to, tro- to quote Trent uh, about the Wisconsin running back. They've got transfer guys. They've got JC guys there. I saw them push USC around, and I think they are a threat. And I I hope they can win out. And I'd love for that game at the end of the year, the Civil War in Eugene to be for the Pac-12 North Championship. I just think that would be great. You mentioned Oregon. Yeah, they won. You give them credit. You know, Colorado at Washington, Washington State. They got to go to to, uh, Salt Lake City right before the Civil War. That game is tricky. Oregon State, you look at them. I mean, they they host Arizona State. That could be a tricky game, too. But, again, man, I hope, I hope, I hope that out of the North we get that we get that Oregon-Oregon State game for a, a spot in the Pac-12 championship game. That would be fantastic. Uh, Trent, the SEC. Whoa, a weekend that I was impressed, even in a big loss, by Tennessee. Yeah, it looks like they're coming, I, doesn't it? I think Heupel, I didn't know about the hire. You, yeah. know, you don't, guy that doesn't have a ton of experience, mm-hmm. but they run fast, they get up and down. It was great to also see that the quarterback was back after that injury yeah. last week mm-hmm. and wondered do we have to go through a Joe Milton experience that mm-hmm. wasn't the case but yeah overall I, I'm excited about the future of Tennessee just because that rivalry is one that I grew up with Tennessee Alabama I want to see it be relevant again so 
That was one of my bigger takeaways. Yeah, I'm with you, and I think Bama, you ch- text uh, both Trent and I and said they, they can't stop a hooker, um, mm-hmm. the Tennessee no. quarterback. Uh, so, uh, other than that, Bama, if you uh, where where do you want to go with the SEC? Yeah. Look, Ole Miss is just sitting there lurking, guys. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, I don't think Alabama's going to drop a game because they've got a bye week, and then they've got LSU, New Mexico State, Arkansas, and at Auburn. I'm not sure that any of those teams – listen, LSU spent their capital last week, I think, against Florida. Uh, the whole Orgeron, let's win one for Coach O. Um, that, that game, I give Ole Miss a ton of credit. Everybody keeps talking about, man, look, Texas A&M is sitting there if Alabama loses. Well, if Alabama loses, it's Ole Miss right now. And I, I thought that was a really good win because, man, you're talking about a team that spent everything, not only players but coaching staff, spent everything they had in Knoxville and the to turn before, back yeah. around and win that game against LSU. And I know it's not LSU like we're used to. I give them a ton of credit. A&M has figured something out since that Alabama win that they hadn't figured out before. And I don't know what it is. I mean, I think it's just a quarterback play. Calzada, all of a sudden, is Johnny Manziel back there. <laughs> and I know South Carolina stinks. I get it. Um, but they have – they ever since that win, that, that, there was no hangover after that. And they haven't played, you know, a, a tough schedule, let's face it, Missouri and South Carolina. But they got Auburn, and they go to Oxford. And that game's big because if Alabama stumbles – those are the two teams waiting for them to stumble. Again, I don't think it's going to happen, but if 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 Alabama were to stumble somewhere along the way, that game in Oxford in two weeks looks huge. Um, listen, again, I, I was impressed like Trent with Tennessee. I think Hooker is, you know, it's too bad. I, I believe he's a senior. I know he's a transfer from Virginia Tech. I don't know how much eligibility he has left. But Alabama helped them, you know, gave up a blocked punt, fumbled it inside their own, you know, going in inside the 10, adding an interception, uh, two busts in the secondary. That's what I think they'll get fixed. And we don't know if Heifel's the real deal. You're right. Um, he may be better than the last coach that came out of Central Florida so, yeah. uh, and took a big, big time Ooh. job. But yeah, sorry, Nebraska fans. Yeah. But. Uh, listen, you can't just go off a of one year and in one game because Butch Jones had a good year too, where his team played hard, and we all know how that ended up. But um, it's Georgia didn't play. It, it's Georgia and Alabama right now, uh, with Ole Miss and A and M just hoping Alabama can you know come out and lay an egg somewhere. Trent, your top four teams in college football. If you want to call it that, your four playoff teams in college football. Okay, it is number one Georgia. Mm-hmm. Number two, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Number three, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Number four, Oklahoma. Even Hard as bad argue. as Saturday was, that's where I am. Hard to argue. Bama, your top four. My top four right now, the way they're playing, I got Georgia. I got Ohio State number two. I know mm-hmm. they got the loss, but, man, they, they figured something out. And, again, their schedule's ahead of them, so they've got tougher games yep. down the line. I got Alabama number three, and I, that's just talent. And I think they'll figure out the secondary. I think Nick Saban is going to take over a little bit uh, during this bye week, and you know, just sort of take over some of that coaching. <sighs> right now, I'm going to put Michigan at four. Mm. I just that Cincinnati game, guys. I just look at any of these other top teams, and they, you know, Alabama, Ohio State. Georgia would have just absolutely rolled Navy. And I get everybody gets their little 
you know, you should have a down week or a chance to, you know, have a tough game here and there, but not when you're Cincinnati and not when you're a group of five. So I would put Michigan there again with their state ahead of them, their schedule. I can't put Oklahoma in there just because I think they're flirting with disaster. And that's another team that that game against Kansas, you just cannot come out. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. Kenny, we were texting. If they dropped that game, they were done. It yep. didn't matter what they did the rest of the way, how impressive they were. Everybody's going to come back and look, you lost to Kansas. <laughs> um, and what a play, by the way, by Williams on that. I mean, but I thought Kennedy Brooks a, was stopped. I thought the momentum was stopped. I did, but there was no whistle. Right, and right. You, yeah. pl- you play to the whistle, yeah. and you give him credit for making the play. And I- I've never seen anything like that. No. And I thought, I kept hearing all four pass. And like, I knew it was a legal play because he was behind the line of yep. scrimmage. You can do whatever you want back there. But uh, give him credit. And that was that could have been the play of the game because if mm-hmm. they get stopped there and Kansas scores, we got a whole different narrative. I thought it was the play of the game for that very reason. I'll go uh, Georgia one, Alabama two, Ohio State three. I'm not for budging, boys. You're Cincinnati four. Got to root for Notre Dame, Bama. If you're Cincinnati, Notre Dame, keep on winning. They're eleven right now. If they get the six, seven. Um, yeah. They got to keep winning, but you're right. They cannot. Isn't it crazy that they played USC and we didn't talk about it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. in prime time. In prime time. Yeah. Good stuff, Bam. Yeah, we'll, talk to you fr- we'll talk right, to you. We'll talk to you on uh, on Friday. Great slate of games, uh, Bama. Yeah. Thank you. Always enjoy it, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you, Bama. Bob Trent and I going around college football. Let's do this. Michael Swain coming up. It's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win $1,000. That's WIN to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Michael Swain, CycloneAlert.com next, 1460-106. Joined by Dr. Ethan Heisman from Elite Eye Care, University Avenue in West Des Moines. I suffer from dry eyes. It's not just eye drops. There's other treatments that are out there. We have one of the newest treatments available in our office. It's called Intense Pulsed Light, or IPL. It targets the abnormal blood vessels that are the root cause of the inflammation causing dry eye. The side benefit is you don't see those blood vessels anymore. That's Elite Eye Care. 9250 University Avenue in West Des Moines and a new location, the eye company. Lawyers.com. Do you remember? Remember the time that Michael Jordan won the first of his three P championships. It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf Roofing. Remember, tell them I sent you. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Get right to it, Michael Swain, 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. Still to come, 
Mr. Monday Night will be upon us. But right now, Michael Swain recaps what he saw. Oklahoma State look ahead to uh, West Virginia coming up 1 o'clock in Morgantown on ESPN+. Plus, Of course, the game is on the bus 100.3 FM. Hello, Michael Swain, Trent, and Ken. Thank you, as always. How are you? Doing great. Coming off a a really exciting weekend for Iowa State, so can't complain. And now uh, another big matchup here this Saturday. Indeed it is. They keep getting that way, right, with everything still in front of them. Uh, And here's why I think that this team could be, I mean, could get to where where they ultimately thought they would. And that's Brock Purdy, who is uh, back-to-back weeks now. I think he's playing as well, and this might sound hyperbolic, but I mean it, as well as any quarterback in college football. Yeah, there's some good ones out there. But Brock Purdy, the way he's playing these last two weeks, he is leading his team. Um, uh, He's been terrific. What's the difference, do you think, if anything? I think what we've seen so far, even over the course of this entire season, is a little bit of a carryover of what we saw at the end of last year, where you know there was that kind of three-game stretch where Brock Purdy was playing incredible football, and Iowa State was blowing out teams. And then I think the Iowa game really changed a lot of people's minds. And of course, it's a big rivalry game. It has a lot of stakes in terms of in-state stuff. But I think you look at that game, and maybe the box score doesn't indicate Brock Purdy's level of performance. Where you look at the time since, he's been so good. And he's not really put the ball in jeopardy. When you think about Brock Purdy as a freshman, as a sophomore, and even at times last year, he had a little bit of that kind of gunslinger edge to him, where at times he put the ball in jeopardy, whereas now, you know, I can't tell you the last time he threw a pass that I thought, oh, that should have been intercepted. I think that's been the biggest change for him is he's been really efficient, completing like 75% of his passes this season, uh, career high. He's at a career high yards per attempt number, which I think is really important too when you look at Iowa State's offense as a whole. It's not like they're pushing the ball down the field with all these deep shots, but he's still managing to make a lot of these intermediate throws. So I think you're seeing a confident Brock Purdy and efficient Brock Purdy, which in turn allows the offense to really kind of reach its ceiling. And also we see an offensive line that feels like they have their five now. All yeah. five guys mm-hmm. played every snap in the game. They came in with an extra lineman once so at the goal line package with Remsburg. But they got their five now. Looking forward here with this group, how much does that build upon, just having that continuity up front? Well, I think that's massive because, again, you can tie that into Brock Purdy's level of performance too, right? You know, at times last year it felt like, you know, Brock Purdy was kind of running for his life. I mean, the Big 12 title game, I'll never forget it. Like, Brock Purdy was scrambling all game. And I think it's in those moments where Purdy sometimes makes those bad decisions. So now that you've got a really good offensive line group ahead of him, that against one of the best defensive lines in the conference, able to only keep him upright, you know, all a game outside of two sacks, I think that's crucial. And then you can look at it, too, in terms of the run game as well, where, you know, early in the season, you know, Brees Hall wasn't 100%, but he also wasn't getting these big creases to run and hit. Now, he didn't have a bunch of room to run on Saturday, but I think that offensive line group, when you look at it across the board, it is five guards. There's no real true tackle body, no 6'6 guy that's got long arms. You know, Jared Huffer's probably the closest thing to that at five or six foot five and a half. But I think in general, you've got a mauling group up front that against the lesser defensive lines in the conference will be able to have a ton of success. But even against some of the best defensive lines, I think they've shown that they can keep Brock Purdy clean, which, again, allows Brock Purdy to be at his best. Uh, a couple of areas I want to go to with you with, with Hutchison, and then I want to, because uh, he was so critical on that fourth down, just a remarkable laying out to uh, on that fourth down, the completion for the score, uh, and he played incredibly well, uh, maybe his best game as a Cyclone. I'm, I'm all on board with Matt Campbell, forgetting about the punting and going for it the way he did on fourth down. 
but but Tom Manning's play calls on on the ones both of I know it's easy to criticize because they didn't work, but the play calls uh, keeping it in Purdy's hands the way that he did it with his legs I guess um, I didn't like either of those. Glad he's going for them, but if I guess if I'm picking nits, maybe tweak the calls uh, that you're going to try uh, and have the successful conversion. Yeah, I think that's understandable too. And I thought it was interesting what Matt Campbell had to say post game about that where. He kind of was even second-guessing it a little bit in the press conference where he thought, you know, maybe that first fourth down that they go for it, do they try a long field goal? He kind of maybe admitted maybe they should have done that. But I, I agree with you. I'm all for good being aggressive. I mean, you see it nowadays in professional football and even to some degree in college. Like, there's no reason that if it's fourth and one, you shouldn't really go for it if you're in plus territory. You know, it shows your win expectancy is going to go up more, more times often than not. Um, but in terms of like the execution of those plays, I think that the coaches would tell you and even the players would tell you that they could have been better and maybe uh, a different look would have been better. But I think with the flow of the game, the way Bruce Hall was running and he wasn't able to get a ton of yards, you know, he had a couple of big runs, but a lot of those yards were stopped, you know, one yard, two yards at the line of scrimmage. So I do definitely understand what they're coming for, but I, I'm with you. I'm all for the aggressiveness on fourth down. So this uh, Iowa State team, lot in front of them, West Virginia this week. There's already murmurs, oh, luck ahead spot, let down after last week's performance. What do you anticipate when you get a chance to talk to the guys this week looking forward to West Virginia? I, I'm sure it's going to be a conversation piece at the, at the very least after that great, great environment on Saturday. Definitely, and it felt like almost Saturday was more of an all-hands-on-deck type of game. You know, I was still only played 19 guys on defense throughout the course mm-hmm. of the game and 19 guys on offense, wow. you know. We've seen Iowa State run 22 deep on defense at times this season. So I think that this West Virginia game now, it is a little bit of a come-down spot and also a look-ahead spot, right? Because you got Texas then the week after. But I think at this point, I think the players have the experience and the veteran leadership now to understand that each game kind of from here on out, you've kind of got to be perfect. You maybe have room to lose one more game over the course of the season, and you maybe expect that to come against Oklahoma. So I think the veteran leadership there on the team, those experienced guys like Brock Purdy, like Charlie Kohler, and so many of those guys on defense will be able to maybe keep everyone on the straight and narrow going into what, like you said, a, a look-ahead week. And it's a tough road trip, too. Like Getting to West Virginia is not easy, and they're not going to get back till late on Saturday night. So I think in general, it's real big they go in and have a good performance, but you know, maybe it goes their way and they're able to get some guys some rest, too. What about Mike Rose? Uh, last thing for you here, Michael Swain, Cyclone Alert 24-7 Sports. Any update on uh, on Mike Rose, who got hurt late in that football game? Nothing yet. We'll have to see on Tuesday when we talk to Matt Campbell. But it seems like, if you go back even to the Kansas State game, it seemed like Mike Rose was a little bit banged up there with his upper body. And he asked out early on in the game, mm-hmm. but... You know, a lot of credit to him because he left the game early on and then came back and led the team in tackles over the course of the contest. So I think that was really big for him to kind of gut through it. And he's one of those guys I'll be watching the snap counts kind of here over the next few weeks because I think he played a season low outside of UNLV on Saturday. So that'll be something to watch. So there's something there then for sure, right? It would seem you don't like, take I mean, him off the field. Out of the game. Yeah. yeah, he's not someone that asks out of the game very right. often, so it seems like he's a little banked up there. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports. Michael, uh, anything coming up this week you'd like to promote? You do such a great job over there. Yeah, just stay tuned for all sorts of kind of pregame content. Got kind of a little bit of sprinkling of anything you could ask for. We'll probably try and get some basketball stuff out there, too, this week. What's behind Blake Henson leaving? Just playing time? Do you, any idea? I think so. Man, the way they frame that statement makes it seem like it was playing time and that it was a last-minute decision. That was a really, really uh, an odd statement, I think. It came out of nowhere. Michael Swain, great stuff. Thank you for what you do for us. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Michael.
Definitely sounds good. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. That was the guy you pegged for the leading scorer, Blake Henson. <laughs> I'm going to be wrong there, Trent. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get that out. <laughs> How about uh, this? Joe Skates didn't play a snap offensively. Hmm. Played three against Kansas State. Yeah. Jalen Null, his yeah. ascension is a part Wilson of that. Wilson was on the field for he a couple. He was a little bit more. Yeah. But it feels like Maybe, probably huh? it's going to be it for... Boy, there was so much hype about Joe Skates. There really was. And then that, that drop by Sean Shaw, that could have been a... Well, it started to look like it was going to be a game changer. And Mavis is a punter? No. Well, they don't have a punter. They don't have. I get trying it. I get it, too. Trent, they found the only Australian that can't punt. And they gave him a scholarship. Tough to do. It really is. Mr. Monday Night... Been tough on. Uh, what are you talking about? He's five hundred. He gave a winner last week. He's coming off a. He's, he ran his winning streak to one in a row. Mister Monday Night on the other side. 14, he's making it too. Fourteen sixty kicks and zero and one dot com. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past. 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush. Roofing.net. When we needed to elevate the look of our branded gear at iHeartRadio, we turned to Authentic Brand by TCB Companies. Not only do they design great-looking gear for Iowa's four big universities, but they also manufacture unique branded gear for your company. Start outfitting your life at tcb-companies.com The official outfitter of iHeart Global Direct Mail and Marketing is the teammate your small business needs. Locally owned and located in Urbandale, Global Direct Mail and Marketing can help your small business create the high quality print materials your business needs to succeed. Whether it's business cards, flyers, business forms, letterhead, calendars, or a mail piece to attract new customers, Global Direct Mail and Marketing is ready to go to work for you today. Save by working with the local small business that will go the extra mile to get you what you need. Global Direct Mail and Marketing. Call Craig at 515-282-3000 and get your next project. Trent Condon here to tell you about Rent Estate, the new revenue rocket ship. Putting your home up for rent, not for sale. But why would you do that in a seller's market? Just do the math. Selling a home will catch you some cash once, while renting a home keeps that cash coming month after month after month. And because there are always renters, but not always buyers, Rent Estate is foolproof, recession-proof, and retirement plan positive. What's not to love? The hassles of being a landlord? For one monthly flat rate, Renter's Warehouse will take away the tedious tasks. Tend to your tenants, answer the 3 a.m. calls, market your property, and collect the rent. Make the savvy, long game, paradigm shift and choose Rent Estate with Renter's Warehouse. Get your free rental price analysis today. Go to renterswarehouse.com or call 515 528 4429. 515-528-4429. Because you can't buy happiness. FM. If you listen to the show, you'd think we didn't realize the World Series starts tomorrow. <laughs> really? They're yeah, still playing that? They're still playing baseball. Okay. Kind of gets lost, does it not? My God. 
Got lost for me this weekend, but as you like to say, in October, Tuesdays and Wednesdays Mm. are for baseball. Games one and two. Works perfect. So we'll get into that tomorrow with Matt Snyder. But right now, Mr. Monday Night trying to extend his winning streak to two in a row. Mr. Monday Night's getting over the 500 mark with a total. 41 and a half. The number in this one. Yeah, I'm betting it over. With Geno Smith and Jameis Winston, God help me. I'm taking the over with those two quarterbacks mm. here tonight. Grin Parrot. Well, the, the 91% of the money was on the under last night, Sunday uh-huh. night football. It sailed over. I, I think you got to just lay the points. Don't you think the Saints win this game? I mean, I don't have a strong opinion, but if I was forced to. You trust Jameis that much to lay four? I don't know. Geno Smith? If it, well, maybe. Yeah, fair. fair. That's where I. That was my hanging point. That's why I went to the total in it. All right, Murph and Andy are an hour and five minutes away. The Fanatics at 3 at 6.30. It's the Iowa State Coaches Show uh, coming up right here with John Walters and company. That's going to do it for us. We're Miller and Condon. We're here Monday through Friday from 10 until noon. Thanks for joining us on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO at 106.3 FM.